2: you have an Airbnb.
1: Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com
2: slash host. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Smashbox TV's podcast 421's After, After Show. Show. After Show. I'm Terry Miller, the Disc Golf Guide, with Johnny V. Holy cow, that was a wild ride. Uh, Nate... You you master muted me so our intro wasn't nearly as smooth as always. But I'll make up for it with this beverage. Terry, I constantly have to master mute you because <laughs> How are you supposed to open these? What? Like that have this candle wax stuff. And uh real quick, we're gonna we're gonna beer nerd out for a moment, folks. Alright, hold on. I'll show you how to do it. I'll be right back. Right. Well, I've already done it. I know, but I'm gonna show people how oh. to do it. Oh. He's apparently going to show you, Terry. Yeah, so uh, some fancier beverages, apparently, uh, like to, like, dip it in wax. I don't know if that's extra special to be like, hey, this is where... Uh, hey, where did uh, my shot go? so bougie. What? Where did yeah, my- I don't know why you're not on screen. That's how you look to me right now. But anyway, um, that's true. And there's a whole bunch of wax that covers it. Oh. Oh, my gosh. My camera died. Who pours mud into a beverage glass? I do. That's silly, camera. I, just I would just like to off. say I am supporting, I am supporting a... local, local beverage. I wonder, if my, I wonder if the camera is running out of battery, even though I have it plugged and in. And who's externally. to say that you're you're not, Johnny? You are currently ruining our show. Um, I'll I'm, say this: <laughs> I'm sure I am. <laughs> the camera that's
0: that we are using here doesn't even work on it's batteries. older than nate Doss.
1: <laughs> yeah i have it plugged into my i'll Uh-oh. i'll I'll, re- I'll change it i have it plugged into usb into the surge protector but i wonder if just because it's streaming if it runs out of batteries that's a really good thing to check now okay that's good to know wait it has battery it is camera? i mean I'm i'm using like a small dslr kind of camera so it does have a small battery ah. and then it also plugs in external okay. power
2: so, all right, here we go, Johnny. If we're gonna see your face, there we go. Uh, we don't have to, but I'll fix uh, it. We up. can do don't an official opening. Okay, here we go. Nate's gonna get in on it. I'm in on the. Do you opening? You know how the after show works? No, no you don't. You gotta go after show like us. Okay. All right, Johnny. I don't know if we're gonna see your face. Here we go. Let's do it again. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Smashbox TV's Podcast 421's After Show. show. If we're not a trio, Uh, I don't know what is. All right. so I have a more deeper voice, though, Terry. (laughs) Yes, you do. All right. So, uh, as always, our after show, if it's not apparent, um, can go off the rails. It may or may not be disc golf related. We can talk a little bit about anything and everything. Largely, though, it it finds its way back to disc golf. Please feel free in the YouTube comments to leave us any questions. We'll try and get... uh, Get to those if so. Scout Recycler, no, I am not drunk. All right. So, uh, real quick, I do know this much. I am very excited excited (laughs) and feeling warm. Is my face red? Uh, It's so sunny in here. So, uh, at one point, um, let me back up. Whenever I'm in town, Nate and Val often take me to local establishments. Of course, they own Bevel, very successful and a great place to be. However, they don't necessarily always want to be at the one place that they own and work. So we go to a number of nearby establishments, check out local breweries and or food carts, which I think is important as they also host a number of food carts at their uh, property and facility. And one place we had gone at some point in the last year is to this Crux Brewery. Crux Fermentation Project is the official name. Ah, so fancy. No No brewery on there. This is a Lost Love. Oh, there's Johnny. Is a barrel aged wow. Imperial that's a look behind Rye the scenes, Stout right
0: there. Yeah, I'm oh, using
1: that's... the I'm using the backup cam for now. We'll see what happens. All right, this makes me feel uncomfortable.
2: Keep going. Uh so this is uh, Crux Lost Love Barrel Aged Imperial Rye Stout. I had a number of stouts. We had a uh, what a flight? Is that what they're called? Yeah, a little yep. flight tester of them. And I, well, let's be fair. I liked them all. And then, so when I saw this at a local beverage depot the other day. Uh, I decided to pick up a bottle of it. Now, talk to me a little bit about the candle waxing and the proper procedures.
0: Okay, so typically when you have a beer that's bottled, you're going to use a bottle opener. When you have a waxed beer, for those of you who don't know, and Terry obviously doesn't know this, you have a like a wine opener, right? So this has your corkscrew. It has your actual bottle opener. But most of them have this little knife right here. And, Terry, that's what you use. To when, gut people. When, Yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> no. That's awkward. This is, this is the knife you use, and you kind of just cut just right below the bottle, like the bottle cap, and then you pop it. This would also be used to cut the foil on a wine bottle, so <sighs> that's the proper tool. Clearly, you've gotten into it without it.
2: So <laughs> I've got all the proper tools I need, You can just kind of go
0: ape, ape on it and, uh, and just get in I can chew there. <laughs> on it if I need to.
2: I will get into that damn bottle. So that's how you do it, Tear Bear. All right. Appreciate that. So uh, we are enjoying a 2022 Imperial Rye Stout aged in rye whiskey barrels. 14.5%. 70 Gee.
0: IBUs. The IBUs. IBUs, international bittering units, is what that stands for. Terry,
2: do I like them with a higher or lower? lower or do I the care? lower the better for, for me? You,
0: yeah, you're all about the sweetness. Oh yeah, I don't like the bitters. You're all about the sweetness. Well, I'll say this: that was my first full interview that I was ever a part of with a fellow professional well, disc golfer. You
1: you said it. You did the oh, you feel. did the Macbeth interview after Worlds. You were I, there. I mean, it wasn't a full I, interview, I, but.
0: Yeah. That one, you're, you're absolutely right, Johnny. And I was already kind of thinking that that one just felt we were there to just let Paul, you know, celebrate. And we were actually celebrating with him in that, in that moment, you know, we were never going to ask like some odd question about something he said in the press conference before the show, you know, before the tournament. So that one was fun. And I think Terry really helped. In that one, obviously, I could have never done that by myself. But um, just to even not even ask questions for a while and just like listen to Ricky talk was awesome. Uh for me personally, me. just Terry's still got this little hacky cock. Yeah, this tiny little cock. Uh, he's a hack. Let me
2: ask you. <laughs> let me ask you. Does it all these? Year, I'm going to say all these years removed. Does it feel at all awkward? talking to our sports top athletes, knowing just a few years ago, you were one of them. No,
0: no. In fact, I'll say I'm, I'm actually excited about it because I think for me, the biggest thing is just hearing the mentalities and watching people grow and adjust. Nobody's perfect. You know, nobody is, has the exact right answer, the exact wrong answer, whatever it is. and my my mind goes back to when people asked me questions which is i i liked every question because it just gave me an opportunity to start to put down in words what was my opinion on something because as an athlete having an opinion is it only lasts for so long after a while people stop caring what you have to say so to still be sitting on this side of the table and to to ask Ricky or even just solicit to to the questions you or Johnny asked. I don't know. I thought that was pretty cool. I never felt awkward whatsoever because if any of the players know me, they know my only goal is to make them bigger and better. Like that's my only goal.
2: Well, except for being a big the biggest Macbeth fanboy in the world, which well, you're accused of daily. You know that, right?
0: Why why would we not be? I mean, he is literally the best player of all time. Ricky is pretty darn close, and he continues to get better and better as the as the tournaments and years go on.
2: Why wouldn't we be fans
0: of him? Yeah. Uh, but we also we also rack on him a
2: lot. Yeah, and that's what people seem to forget. And I think that's what's probably been my most interesting component. I keep up on the socials a little more than you. And the amount of people that think you are just a diehard um <laughs> fan of of Paul in particular, but really of any player, and I feel like they quickly forget that you are the first person to also rightfully criticize a player, it's it's just it's mind blowing. And and so to set the record straight for the entire world, you appreciate what Paul does and you clearly cheer for him in in his triumphs but you're not at all you're not above criticizing any player Paul included oh absolutely not and and I
0: I say this on the broadcast time after time after time he would not want it any other way see I'm in a very unique position in life in in this life that we're talking about when Paul came into disc golf I made him better. When Ricky came into disc golf, I helped make him better. See, I was that guy that was better than them, and they were like, wow, I need to get at least as good as Nate or Avery or Felberg Felberg or or Climo or whoever it was. And then at some point, that flipped. And I'll say it, it flipped right around 2012. I stopped making them better, and they started forcing me to get better to where when you start to look at it, of course, I'm proud of all my world championships. And I, I think that each and every event that I was a part of as a champion was second to none. And I'll never forget it. Winning in 2017 is that moment for me because from 12 to 17, I never really was able to succeed at that level. So when I sit here now, I'm talking about the whole Depth of their career, from when they were literally, I was there the day we said, Rick, take the money, you're going to be great. I, don't even play another am term it's not worth it. I was there in two thousand five when Paul Macbeth was asking me for a free mini that I was giving <laughs> away as the current world champion, and now I'm all these years later watching them continue to push the game forward. How can I not be proud of that? How can I not want to celebrate that? And how can I also not give them the respect of criticizing them when there's moments to be criticizable?
2: Yeah, that's a word. I I I feel like that's probably the number one misconception is people think you are um, unabashedly a a diehard fanboy of Macbeth or of whomever. Usually, it's Macbeth because they feel like there's a a sponsorship tie, oh. or they feel like you know and and people just can't get over that, and I've heard you criticize and or just call out any player on any shortcoming as a an unbiased broadcaster, and that to me. Just people quickly forget that and they always just think, Oh, well Doss is on discraft and Paul plays for Discraft, so Doss is just like totally loves Paul and that's all he talks about. And like I, I I just if you really sit and listen to a broadcast, you'll understand that you're rooting for the best possible golf, as I think all of us broadcasters are. First you're rooting for the best possible golf, and then your job is to also call the shots as they are, whomever that might be for. And I just, it's just it's so it's funny to me um, that I will read, oh, Paul, uh, you know, Doss loves Paul so much. And then some people are like, oh, Doss just hates on Paul so much. And so you see it from both sides and you're like, well, which is it? And quite honestly, it's just us doing our job. It's yeah. you don't wake up in the morning with like, well, I have a bias toward this person. I like that person, but I really don't like this. And here's how I'm going to, you know, shape my narrative today. You're just calling the shots. Just calling what's going on. You 100%. have nothing to gain, nothing, by loving or hating any player on the course. No, fact, that I think is beautiful.
0: I consider my job as to be the why. Why is this happening? Why is it in their mind? Why are they deciding to throw this way or that way? That's my job. And if they do something that the why is what? <laughs> I mean, literally, like why or what was that decision? What people don't understand is that I'm not trying to be perfect. I was not a perfect disc golfer. In fact, I was—I made a lot of mistakes on and off the course in life. And so you don't judge it based on that. Everybody makes mistakes. But in that moment, you have to say, yes, that was a mistake. That was not yeah. the right play. That was a mental lapse. That was... They look physically injured, whatever that might be. I think that to me is, uh, well, why there's commentary. I mean, that's kind of the job.
2: Yeah. You wow. know,
0: and, and look, I respect everybody who has their favorite player and their least favorite player. Uh, I was asked that question at worlds a couple of times, <laughs> like who, who do you want to win? Who's your favorite player? I, my answer is always disc golf yeah my answer is always I want, dis- I just I want, want the fans to win. Well I, the fans are the luckiest people out there in the world because they get to sit back and watch it. You know, one of the hardest jobs to do is to be Ricky and to be Paul, not as champions, right? When you don't win?: Yeah, the easiest thing to do is win yeah from from just you know the celebration and
2: all that, but
0: I don't know I, I enjoy all of it, Terry.
2: Wow. It's uh, uh, <laughs> pretty crazy, the positions that we've put in all these years. So maybe my question, you were talking a moment ago about the media. I- explain, <laughs> what was media even like? I'm going to rewind literally 10 years ago to when maybe Macbeth won his first Worlds, or, or a year or two before that, Disc Golf Planet TV, Disc Golf Guy Channel, was literally just getting started in January of 2010. What was disc golf media like in the height of your career? I mean, in the, if you look at it from the height of my
0: career, so if you were to just say a height of my career was from 2005 to, say, the end of 2011. Okay. which i would say if you yeah you won your first world in my 05 you won your second Worlds in 07 on the PDGA and you thing. won your
2: last worlds in 2011 but i also
0: went on to actually have a really successful end of the 2011 season so let's we'll just say the end of 2011 okay i had a lot of great performances between 2011 and say the end of the middle of 2018 when i stopped playing you know but if you say that's the height it started at nothing it started at. There's a camera crew at
2: Worlds that's creating a DVD or VHS even. Um, no, no, it was a DVD. You, you you were in early. DVD. Year. Oh, I forgot. The, I forgot. You're, you're one of those young bucks. You, you had the DVD. Two thousand was yeah. my first pro Worlds, and yeah, I yeah, think okay. that
0: still might have been VHS. Yeah, it was. And then by '05, it was. So it that was, DVDs. was media.
2: Okay. Yep. One, one week at one week out of the year, there was a camera crew that was covering worlds and then usually produced a essentially a final nine video Correct. that was D V D based. Correct.
0: Okay, yep. And they had little like here's what happened in round twos and threes and all that. Maybe
2: yeah. If little if, snippets. Yeah,
0: snippets. To twenty eleven Disc golf planet was actually covering the world championship. Live. Yeah. And I remember yep, yep. Johnny V. Mm-hmm. I actually remember very specifically <laughs> turning around at one point and saying, Johnny V, you got to shut up. You got I can well, hear you. Yeah, Johnny I say is, that
2: 10 years later. Yeah, I'm still saying still, Johnny still being, shut the F up. Well, because
0: up. as we know, back then it was my job,
1: and I volunteered for the position, was I got to carry a backpack for Terry Roddy, which was the same kind of backpacks that the guys are using now, but I think it was probably only 3G, maybe 4G, but I think it was just 3G. I got 3G, to, Terry, yeah. Terry Roddy was doing the camera work. Dave Greenwell was standing next to me. And because I was the guy carrying the backpack, I got to be co-commentator for the round. Yes. And so literally we're talking about the players 20 feet, after, 20 feet behind them when they throw. And so it's like, yeah, Nate Doss just, uh, uh, Nate, Nate's up to throw. Uh, he clipped a tree on the right-hand side, fell in the fairway. And you you have to hear that. And it, it, yeah. I remember it was awkward yeah. for us. It was awkward for you guys, but it was the way we had to progress. It was the only way to do it because we didn't have these type of Skype kind of options that we do now. It was just, yep, right. that's what the players have to deal with. If they want, I remember thinking that in the past, like, man, if they want to be like big time stars, they have to be able to hear this stuff from, you know, from us as the media. And I, obviously I have a slightly different perspective now, but it is kind of the same. I feel the same way now when, yeah, these players have to get used to the cameras in their face. They have to get used to spectators being near them. They they can't have the perfect uh, stillness behind the basket that we had ten years ago because you've got fifty to eighty to a hundred people in their sight line now, and someone's going to move or breathe or turn or drink. It, it was a progression, but you're or, right. I, I specifically or put up their remember, umbrella. <laughs> or or move an umbrella. Yeah, I, I I remember that. And, I specifically remember that. <laughs>
0: I remember yeah. just having Awkward. to on a more regular basis have cameras around on a more regular basis have more spectators around. And when it happens slowly over time, it can be a little jarring um at times, but then it becomes more comfortable and then you start to get used to it. And then you know, a- after 2011, which Again, it was not the height of my career, but still, as one of the best players, and you know, working my way through tournaments, there was just more. There was more and then the, the post, and then kind of disc golf planet ended, and the post production era started um, with uh, McFly so high, and then Jomez and Terry was out there, and several other productions. And after a while, I would say when I left in 2018. I was so comfortable with everything I, that I didn't notice anything.
2: I yeah, didn't notice cameras, I didn't notice people. Yeah, but for the mer- most part, and here here's maybe the payoff question is, for the most part, you went through the majority of your career success, successes or otherwise uns- almost uninterviewed, unspoken to. Uninterviewed. For the most part,
0: I was interviewed by you a couple of times.
2: Yeah, because I knew you. And I'm like, oh, hey, let's chat after you just finish your third round at the Memorial or whatever the case was. But for the most part, there were not press conferences. No, 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 no. There was not post-round interviews, uh, especially if you didn't win. Maybe there was if you won because I stepped in and and asked a few questions. But for the most part, just disc golf media entirely just 100% a different ballpark there. And I don't want to say it was non-existent, but it was, it was 90% less. Yeah. Well, 95% it's funny because 5% less than what it is today.
1: I listen to a lot of other media and disc golf and other sport related. And you, and you hear some of these other podcasts, maybe they'll talk about like, man, were, were these events, you know, as big or talked about back in like the early two thousands or late two thousands. And I'm like, no, because no one was talking about him. No, There was no way to no. talk about it. You either chatted on a chat board or you waited for a DVD to show up, but there was no interaction. It wasn't like we had AM radio with, you know, I mean, there's been Packers post-game shows for the last 30 or 50 years after the, a, a show. There was nothing. You couldn't do that unless you called up a buddy and talked to him. So when people talk about, you know, man, was the the Players' Cup back in the day, that was a major. Was it as big of a deal as, and it's like, nobody knew. I don't know if it was as no. big to the players because nobody, nobody talked about it. It was just an event. And you didn't hear about it until you read about it in the magazine. And maybe there was some, some brief, you know, a, 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 a clip of something Nate said, you know, typed out in the interview of uh, whoever won the players cup or whatever, but there, it just, there was no media. There was not the amount of, and I I think we're still.
0: Yeah. It was a lot of like emails like, Hey, here's 10 (laughs) questions, answer these and we'll put them in the magazine. Yeah. There was a lot of anticipation. There was a lot of anticipation when the magazine came to my door. Was I going to be on the cover? Mm -hmm. I didn't know. Nobody told me. And then all of a sudden you make the cover or you don't. And so there was, you know, these are all kind of the things that we went through. But to me, as I always say, this is kind of my saying, the road is more important than the destination because that all of those things to me make what we're dealing with right now, just that much better
2: as it was all building on each other. Right. Correct me if I'm wrong. I can think of two covers for sure that you were on. Was there more? You know? I don't know. I can think of two. Of I think it's three. Uh, yeah, that's there was why I two, say there, was two there might be pre, six, there was two but I can pre, think of two in my there head. There was
0: two pre-GMC, so I know that for a fact.
2: Uh, and then, and then there's GMC, so, there's so
0: that three. would make three.
1: three. Remember when that was such a big deal, yeah. whether you made the cover or not? Now no one cares. Yes. Like, yeah, like because if you, I mean, it's why, still why, cool to but, that person. But why would you? I don't know I mean, it is. still literally literally cool to that inter- person. I don't even know if it is anymore. Yeah, of course it is.
0: I don't know.
2: It is cool. Is it as cool? Maybe not. Mm. But is it cool? Yes. No, it's cool. I mean, is it? it you know, it, it, like at some point will we get? Will you get sick of being on ESPN's top ten? Maybe. No, you
0: don't get sick of it. You just get used to it. Yeah, You're used to it. But
2: I mean, it's still cool. I don't care who you say.
0: No, I, 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 I hundred percent agree. Said. It is cool, but I'll say it's a little less exciting. When you've already – so for Ricky's perspective and Kristen's, they won the tournament, they held the trophy, they were interviewed, they were photographed, they were celebrated. All of this happened. They were podcasted. They were podcasted. The the photos were instantaneously on Instagram. and Update on, to the Disc on, Golf Pro Tour page. On websites. I mean, we were there at Worlds. They were in the other room. We were cleaning up the booth. Paul and Kristen were in the other room being photographed. For, that photo was on the PGA's PDGA. the cover or the, on the PGA's website less than 24 hours later. Yeah. I mean, the, it, so is the magazine cover cool? Yeah. But by that time, you're already moving on in a way, in a weird way. Mm-hmm. Yeah
1: Ugh, wild. by the by the it's, time the magazine uh, cover stuff. comes out it's it's old news you you have may sure, have just, you may have gone you're through still a cold you in
2: eh. you're print You're in print You might be already out of favor. on the cover <laughs> I, I don't
1: know I I, I think I, you yeah. you ask I'd be curious if if and it's hard to get an honest answer if you were to ask someone like Alden Harris Gannon Burr uh Anthony Barella if they care that they're on a magazine Like seriously it's it Yes
2: I, I, I don't know if they do. I think the answer is yes. I, I don't know. Do they I care about magazines? Say, but I think they really right. do think it's cool. Yeah. Maybe well, well, it's just it's like no one cares about your fucking rating until all of a sudden it went up five points. But it's it's
0: generational. I mean, yeah, exactly. Know, were, 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 were we excited when, about being on covers of magazines? Yeah, but is somebody excited right now about being having a hundred thousand followers?
2: Yeah, those exact, were things yeah. that were That's never it.
0: talked about before.
2: Well, I'm gonna follow Dust. Dust, good to see you, buddy. Uh, it's, I mean, guess what? Your takes lukewarm at best. When you say, Well an FPO player hit a thousand and if so, who will be? Tatar? yeah, I mean that's if, what if used someone doesn't it, like it's gonna be a journey for Paige, but it's yeah, not- and it felt like an obvious journey for Paige who got to nine ninety six. But it's not now it, you know, with with Kristen putting together She's had six of her best-rated rounds just this year, all you know, ranging from thousand to ten thirty, and it, and she averaged over like roughly thousand for the weekend. Kristen Tatar, I, I the, you'd be an idiot to bet that anyone else will get to a thousand before she does. Let's put it that way. Yes, she is now the front runner
0: for the first ever. Yes, let's. I think that's the best way of
2: explaining. And it. I'm ready for it. I'm here for it, as the kids say. I'm right. going to say it's not going to happen. Well, you can be dumb and wrong again. Like she has to
1: average, why, over why a, she has to average over a thousand for the next three months of tournaments. Because if you go back through her her history, okay. she's, ro- she's she's rolling. Like, cool. Yeah, <laughs> no, I, I just I don't know. I don't know if she <laughs> can keep it up. I mean, no, if you, I, if, you think, guy, if you think if you think she has hit. Um, if you think this is just the beginning, that's one thing. But if you look back at her her ratings, she's got a bunch of 950s, 960s, 970s, 980s, like all hanging there that won't go away until 930, 956. They won't go away until June. So she has to basically average 1,010 to 1,015 for the next four months until those drop off.
0: And I don't think that's a ridiculous thing. Yeah, I mean, but I'm, I'm, saying four, four yeah. I'm saying four months of oh, three events left.
1: I'm saying four months of playing, I so yeah,
0: uh, yeah. October, yeah. and then we'll say so say like next May, next May, next yeah, May, exactly. May-ish. Like, yeah. I, I just don't know if that's, yeah, I, I if that's continuously it's, it's attainable. A tall task. It,
1: but it, you're no, right. If someone's gonna task. do it, it's gonna be her. I mean, that that's that's yeah, no, that, that's, that's a no-brainer. Yeah, that's a no-brainer. Even even the Butler County event, she averaged nine ninety. So Yeah, and only won by 67. Yeah, but again, we don't care. In, in this particular instance, we don't care what she won by. If you're talking about
2: 1,000 rated, that's a no, different subject. So Yeah, well, 994, 987, I, I mean, 987. So, yeah. I, I, hope, I hear you. I, I hope she does. Uh, will she get there? She may or may not. Um, but, yes, yeah, she's obviously the front runner mm-hmm. in getting there. There's no doubt about I, that. I,
0: what I, she's so what consistent. I'll say
2: is... So good. I mean...
0: If you if I'm you're a Kristen fan at the moment, um I really say like enjoy this moment because this she said in her post round interview I am living my dream. I am literally living my dream, and the, the post round interview after post round interview for her she continues to just be so positive and so enlightening and and just just happy to be in the situation that she is. I hope that it's like that forever. But as if I'm a personal fan of her and several other FBO players, and I just, I love to see that. I mean, Mm -hmm. if, if, if you could have told me, you know, in 2005 or seven or whatever, that I was like living my, I never looked at it that way. And I just love that she is because she's actually saying yes, this is it. This is what I always dreamt of. And
2: it, it's pretty cool, regardless of all the other stuff. Yep. you know. Yeah, I, I guess what I, would, what I would say to that is find me. Somebody, somebody lay out Kristen Tatar's weakness right now. <sighs> the weakness for any great player
0: is one thing, and it's called complacency
2: well I, I mean i and I, can, I don't see that coming out of her no i don't see' I, I'm not anything she soon is. I'm just her, saying that's the one her, i mean it, you're saying like she gets bored with whooping everyone
1: <laughs> yeah the one the one shot what, that right I, now the the one shot that I don't see ahead. her throw very often because she hasn't needed to is like a true anheuser. So,
2: yeah, like, she, a like, a, like a backhand Anheuser, like a
1: backhand Anheuser, like a a flip to flex Anheuser, where you actually need something sure. big to turn over and come out. The the thing that Cat does the best, like the, is the one For thing Anheuser flips but, and turn yeah, over. But, yeah. but Tatar doesn't need to and because totally she throws agree. her forehand. But, but I mean, she can she can work and around it.
0: Henna Henna has an incredible standstill turnover. Yes, she mm-hmm. does. In fact, I would argue one of the best in in our yeah. in in mm-hmm. our game. The thing about Kristen and the thing about any great player is that when there's something that they maybe know, or maybe subconsciously know they're not good at, they can play that hole in a certain way and just yeah. live to fight on another hole. Yep. She's sure. so good on other holes. Unless we come up on a course where it's 18 or I don't want to even be extreme 12, out of the 18 holes that are, soft turnovers that the sidearm doesn't work on. Mm-hmm. Yep, she's in trouble at that course, but she can always just play that hole safe or put it in the fairway. And she doesn't throw that shot well because she throws really well just one-angled hyzers and a flip to flat. She yeah, does that so she, good. And
1: she might be able um, to throw them okay and just doesn't need to, doesn't put herself in that position. I don't know, but we'd never see her throw them and, and because she always go to a different angle, she'll she'll try a different shot if she has to, because she knows that that's and it's just she's the probably stronger.
0: strength. Oh, she's she's it's like the pressure tight. she puts on <laughs> the other comp- like come the final round, the other competitors are like, oh my god, can you just crack a little? Mm-hmm. Think of the final round of worlds. Think of the final round of GMC. Think of the final round of DDO. It's
1: kind of like that Ricky mentality where when Ricky went out of bounds, he kept hitting putts. Tatar was the same way. It didn't matter how far away she was. It felt like she was getting that stroke. If she was inside 45 feet, she was solidly hitting those putts, if not whatever. And she didn't give the competition a chance to catch her, which is unique is what we've seen in the past with FPO because Terry and I have, have often commented like, Oh cool. Someone's up by four strokes in FPO going into the final round. Is it Paige? Is it cat? Is it whomever? Okay. That could change in three holes. The way some, the way the FPL used to be. You don't get that with uh, with Tatar. With Tatar, it's like she's up by three. It feels like she's up by thirty. Yeah. 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 So yeah.
2: I mean you, you're just you're you're not gonna have the the blow up, you're not gonna have the absent minded, you know, miscue. You're not gonna have those types of things. She's just she's just not there. In, what did you think of, of Ricky's
0: perspective when you asked the question about Captain Page? Which was that? Kristen was pushing them. Um, that was kind of the way I read it. You
2: know, it. and I, he, what I'll take away from it is that Cat and Page maybe just coincidentally had have had an off weekend or an off year or whatever you want to call it. Um, clearly I mean, Paige still has won. Yeah, two an off three month. Yeah, you could say it's an, that's an off just month. month it. It, it, basically. Yeah, I know, and it's so funny to it's it's so funny to try and get critical. When you're talking about it, and I think back to Paul this year, who's, like, performed very well, but to his standards, not quite as high as what we've experienced in the last yeah, few years. Yeah, he's the
0: top of the Pro Tour standing. Well, now second. Yeah,
2: second. But, but you're like, wait, is he having champion. an off year or not? Like, you know what I mean? And and that's the way I think about, uh, like, a cat and Page. Like, you know, Paige will always say, like, I'm here. I'm ready to compete. Um, I'm ready to go. It's just uh, Christ Kristen has taken all of the spotlight. Understandably so. And she's deserved it. And so it's just a changing a change of the guard to see someone like Kristen or Kat not or I'm sorry, Paige or Kat not on top. It it it's just <laughs> not the norm. And Kristen and it's not it's not just like They've been uh laying back and and you know, Kristen like uh snuck into that category. Kristen's like, No, hey, yeah, why don't you step aside? I'm going to like claim this podium and uh, what I love with authority is that
0: she doesn't do it that way.
2: No, she, she doesn't do it outwardly, her, no. but I mean she but does I it know. quietly. I, exactly.
0: And I love that she's even she's doing worse it in the country that's not her own, <laughs> her own country. Yeah, she, she, she does, does it subtly. It so subtly <laughs> I just love the gangsterness of that. That's oh, so gangster! Yeah, I Ryan totally Pilcher agree. writes on the I board. Totally
1: agree. ...that he used a ratings projection tool to calculate if Kristen shot a thousand and fifteen rated for the next twenty-two rounds of golf, and the twenty-second round was played in April. Then she just then she'd crest a thousand. So she, like it, she has okay, to. So that's not going to happen. Correct. Yeah, she has to shoot a thousand and fifteen. Like, You're saying that's like not statistically possible?
2: that? No, 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 not possible. But not likely. She has to average a thousand and fifteen until April. Bingo. Yeah, yeah that's that's. Uh, so what if that's a pretty wh- okay, big picture, ask. Run this. Run to you, this. To out, borrow Ian, Ian. Run this line. out
0: till next this time next year. Mm-hmm. Say next year's Worlds. What does she have to average between now and next year's Worlds to get to a thousand? We're talking about the quickest she can get to it. But what is it going to take? To get to it, that's what I'm most curious. I mean, mean, not not in the quickest amount of time.
1: If she's rated nine eighty seven, that that'll probably possibly go up a little bit. You got to figure she's going to have to average like a thousand and ten, right?
0: All the Uh, way uh, till next year's worlds.
1: Until next year's worlds, she's. I mean, that's or maybe a thousand and seven or something. But depending on what drops off and what her deviation and crap is. But yeah, it's. I mean, again, she's she's proving that she can do it it's just can she continue to do it and
0: can not she
1: sustain yeah you've got you've got also issues with her playing small events overseas where the competition where there is no like high rated players for her to push for, to push up those ratings so if she do plays those little you really expect her events, to
0: do much of that though i feel like she i don't did know. a lot of that because of
2: of, of covid yeah i yeah, I, don't I don't know if that'll be the norm yeah. I feel like when she gets back there'll be very uh events will be far and few between. Maybe. I mean she, they, I they they run, run they run they run a disc golf company. She's not going back to Estonia till until October. You know what I mean like yep.
1: oh, I agree. She's going to but... play
2: the Throw Pink. She's going to play the Tour Championships. She's probably not getting back to Estonia until just short of November. I can't see a mm-hmm. lot of events that she's concerned about playing PDGA sanction that will be between November and next year's las vegas challenge and then we have I to just, we, we have to guess that, that
1: she that she's gonna just tour all next year we don't know i mean
2: well, yeah she, i'm gonna assume so
1: i'm assuming she someone is someone asked we,
2: earlier uh, we don't know for something sure. about her daughter um yeah that's a, again that's a long time away to be for, and her daughter time, as of right now is 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 in fact in estonia to be away from a family member if you come next march oh sure
1: and then and then you're gonna tour until june or july and then go home for a couple weeks and then come back i I'm I'm just saying that it's a tough life for a mother of a of a young kid to just leave your family for months at a time without your daughter. It's going to be difficult. I do it all the time. Well, no, I know what you Are, do what are, what are, what are you suggesting list? though that she's not going to do it next year? I'm I'm saying I don't know. I don't know how much time she's going to spend here. Is is she going to wait? Is she going to wait until? Is she going to come for Las Vegas and then stay for two events and leave? Is she going to come here and just play all next year? I don't know because, again, she's got a daughter who's 13. You think she wants to be away from her family for six months, for four months? She's not heartless like you, Terry. Heartless. That's true. That's true. Now, Um, Evelina and and Hannah are a different question. I don't think they have any ties over there. So they could easily come here in in late February, mid-February, roll through here for six months and not think twice of it. It's is a different story. I, I don't know the answer to what's going to happen. And hopefully everything is set so she can do that. And then she spends all winter with her, with her daughter and then she can spend the summers here. But I, I, I don't know that. So I hope she comes because I think she makes the sport exciting and, you know, well actually she doesn't, she makes it less exciting because she crushes everybody. So. <laughs> I guarantee you, be, what's gonna yeah. what's gonna really be it's funny? Like
0: I told Terry, I, oh, go on, Johnny. I was gonna say what's no, gonna be really be funny
1: on, and and it's gonna fit right into the stereotype is when she leaves or the first event she's not here and Paige or Cat wins. Just wait for that.
2: Everyone's gonna say, "Well, they only won
1: because be, she's not here." Oh, exactly. It's not gonna matter. And right, I and that's just it. Cause at some point she's here, here's, here's my final statement on that. You can only beat the people that show up. We all would know that. That's we my official that. that's, line. That's how it works. And it doesn't, it's going to, it's going pl- to play into the, you can to the, only beat the people that show up to the pe it's going to play to that's that, to cool that statement, that sports uh, radio thing. I joked about earlier is, is Tatar mentally breaking page and cat. So they can't win just her being here. Is that, is that a big deal? And I don't know if it is. I don't, it it's I'm not in their heads, and I would never venture to guess whether that's true or not, but just knowing that Tatar's in the field and the way she's playing has to put a lot of extra pressure on you to think, Oh, I have to perform at the top of my game to beat her because and that might cause Cat and Paige to push where they didn't necessarily have to do that. They looked at each other and thought, we have to beat each other. There's someone new in town and they and who's playing very very well, so I, I I don't know the answer, but I'm excited for, uh, I guess I'm kind of excited for next year. <laughs> I'm, I'm looking forward to next year already. I'm done with this well, year. Let's be done.
0: I mean, <laughs> let's think about it. Katrina Allen's the same age as I am. So 37, roughly, born in 85. Paige Pierce was born, I believe, in I think She's 32, 91. right? Yeah, and Kristen was born in 92. So, I mean Kristen is the youngest of of the three of them. Mm-hmm. If you just look at the age of you know i mean all all athletes are you know they, you know we have to look at our age <laughs> but you look at you look at henna and evelina, and they're much younger, yeah, in their early twenties, plus several of the you know the Valerie Monahanos of the world and the cat Merches of the world they're all super young as well. So, you know, I think over the next several years, we're going to definitely see a migration. But that's just natural, just like Ricky said. And that's why I asked that question about Ricky. What did you think of his perspective? Cause I think he's right in a way, but, um, yeah, I guess only time will really tell, honestly. You know, it's just... I, I because I don't commentate women's disc golf anymore, which I did for a full season with Val. Like I'm just a fan. Mm-hmm. So like I'm just a fan of like well, watching be, it. It'll it's, be interesting to cool.
1: see we we were told years ago that the peak male performance for a golfer, for a ball golfer was like 30ish. Like that that was when they were hitting their peak. You know, they had the experience, they had the skill, they, their, their skills. Right. And they weren't going to, is that going to be the same for a disc golfer? Cause everyone kind of assumed back in the day that, oh, yeah, you know, you, you hit your late 20s, that's, you're hitting your prime. That's kind of like, I don't know if that's the case anymore. And what is the prime age for a female disc golfer? Is, you know, right. It, we're seeing right now with own and cat and page and Tatar mm-hmm. that, it, it it sure looks like your early 30s is looking kind of shiny. Like, that looks great considering none of the young guns can seem to beat them. I mean, Haley obviously got the, the U.S. women's and can win at any given time. Owen has been dominating, you know, the podiums. She can't quite get that win, but I would be, I'd be kind of surprised if she got a win just because it feels like there's always someone that can just throw a little bit better than her. Like, she seems like a top-five lock, but a very difficult win. And I don't know. I don't know what the what the ideal age right now is for a for an FPL golfer to be mature enough to to win at the top of their game. Is it thirty? Is it twenty eight? Is it is it your early twenties? Because I mean, Chris it, is proving it's thirty. <laughs> that, that's a, and that's just it. Yeah, uh, she's like thirty or thirty three or something. Like you said, and she knows I, she's thirty. She's Tatars thirty. she's thirty three.
0: Uh. I, be, I, I wish we had this broken clear. down. I have her born in '92.
1: Do you? Okay. So yeah, that would that would put her at
0: thirty then. But make her thirty. Um, that was according to her cross-country skiing uh, profile. <laughs> World Seriously. championship when she's yeah, winning on some Euro, other.
2: Okay, she's dominating some other sport.
1: Yeah, she's thirty-one is what Pilcher is saying. I trust what Pilcher says because that guy's that guy seems to a lot. Okay. Yeah. So are we looking at your early thirties as the prime of your disc golf career as an FPL player? Maybe.
0: I think so. Look at Ricky. Ricky's mm-hmm. 29. Yeah. I mean... Is he past his prime? You
1: know? I mean, Macbeth no, feels like he's... I don't think so. I mean, Macbeth just won Worlds, but it does feel like he's on like past his prime prime. Like... It, it it feels like his prime was like three or four years ago when he was dominating the sport.
2: I think age
0: is irrelevant in our I, sport I, right I, now. I no, I don't I think don't. so. I no, it's not. At I don't. Look at Gannon Burr. The, the, not at the all. Length of the courses, exactly, and how much you have to play. It's different. I think you age could have looked at it how ten years age be ago.
1: Relevant. Ten years ago, you could say oh, a player can easily play well into their late 30s and 40s because the courses didn't require nearly as much damage on your body. We're seeing players break down in their early 20s from how hard they're throwing. Yeah. It just... and the injuries I purposely and,
0: yeah. played... I purposely played less than 20 events, and again... You won't be able to see this because my stats aren't available on pdj.com. <laughs> yeah, just renew your, Nate,
2: just renew your membership, Nate. Just renew your membership. Holy shit. Where's my $75? Yeah. Let me go renew you right now. I, yeah, I, little. I'll do it, you whiny little baby. <laughs> <laughs> um, 11794?
0: <laughs> 11-7-9-4. 11794. I... Off the dome! Look at Terry. Um There. I purposely played. <laughs> I just change your name 20. to not available. Okay, <laughs> time <laughs> uh, Just, beer. <laughs> just um, <laughs> <woo>. <laughs> so I purposely try to play less than twenty events a year, and I. That's cute. I'm famously quoted as saying. When I came home from the team tournament in San Diego, which was the first weekend in December, December, I put my bag in the closet and I didn't play disc golf until the middle of January. I did that every year because I knew that mental and physical release and not doing that was important. Now, does that work these days? I don't know. They're required to play more. The courses are longer it's more demanding. Mm -hmm. I feel like it's a young man's game. Yeah. I really really do. More than golf. I think yes. golf is a little bit more yeah. I mean it's super demanding by the way. Yeah. Golf is like insanely demanding, yeah. but for some reason I feel like disc golf is just a little bit of a younger person's game than than regular golf. Well, and the women play but shorter courses
1: and they don't seem to okay. they don't seem to throw with as much uh violent um, other than Jen Allen, who crushes and the way her th- her throw is, but it doesn't feel like they're putting as much stress on their body as some of the men, some of the men's players do.
2: Again, other than Jen Allen, right. who who just I think they're I think and, they're like a at hundred percent. It's yeah. just a, it's just relative. Well, it just looks more it's, elegant. And, no, you it's, know, it's relative. Doing,
1: yeah. it's relative. But but is there hundred percent? And I don't know because I'm not a physiologist or anything. Is there hundred percent going to hurt their bodies as much as a men's hundred percent? i don't know i i don't i don't know that no i do know okay i'm glad you know terry i'm glad you're a physiologist or whatever (laughs) kinesiologist or Uh,
2: whatever whatever zoologist i don't
1: know what you are terry i do i do know
2: (laughs) (laughs) spock i'm not taking off my shirt quit being silly Uh, if
1: hey spock uh, if you look at terry's shirt and cross your eyes a giraffe shows up (laughs)
2: yeah Well, Uh, if he took off this shirt,
0: he'd still have another couple of shirts on.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I got to stay fully covered up. Uh, Ryan Pilcher asks, is Nate purposefully not renewing because he thinks the PDGA should make his stats available as a world champion? No, I... (laughs) Or, what did he say? Or, because you don't have the $75. No, uh, he didn't say that. (laughs) Okay.
0: The reason the reason I'm not renewing is because I don't play tournaments. It's a very simple it's a very simple answer. Obviously I have the $75, but I've always looked at it as I'm not playing and I don't plan on playing tournaments. Well, maybe tomorrow, I don't know. Maybe tomorrow. Weather dependent, weather dependent, you know. I'm fair, fair weather, weather golfer, golfer man of my own art. Um, <laughs> you know it you, you know it you know it. Um no, I just I I don't I don't plan on playing tournaments, so I just decide not to renew my membership. Now, I of course support the PDGA, and I've always supported the PDGA in multitudes of way as a player, as 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 a you know now commentating and all that stuff. So it has. I, I'm obviously just
2: joking when I talk. However, about these, however, let, let, let let's I get think real it's, here. It's less
0: for me, and it's more for other people.
2: Yeah, let's get real here for a moment. As a one or three-time world champion, is there is there a world where your statistics and all of your accolades and statistics don't slur uh, should all be available to the public? Look, I here's my.
0: Well, I, I mean, would they, say
2: they a lot of them are. I would say you just for just any- not on the PDJ page. No, okay, okay, wait, wait, wait for Nate, Nate. Okay. so right now, if we go to pdga.com slash like member slash one one seven nine four or whatever the fuck you are, uh y- we can't see what you're at no, so because you're not a renewed member, even though you're a three time world champ, so specifically with regard to the PDGA who are watching, love you, uh should your statistics be available?
0: I don't believe my statistics should be available. I believe my tournament finishes should be. So wait, I, I, wait, like, wait, wait,
2: wait, wait, wait! Like We're don't, splitting the hairs. No, you no, don't no. Have. I'm,
0: I, I, no. I, don't. Whoa! Think my ratings...
2: Whoa. What? what did you just? Say? Did you just say that? <laughs> what? I said we're splitting the hairs. You don't have look how much ha- hairs on this head. And you're trying to
0: talk about what my hair? <laughs> Yours are just grown out more. Don't even don't
2: even get started. Yeah, wish. If there's one thing I can beat you on, it's hair. That's it. There's a lot of other things you can beat me on, Terry. Uh, let's have another beverage. With,
0: give me with with that beer. The amount of okay rock stars you've drank this that, week. That's
2: a good call. Let's um, finish this. <laughs> No, seriously. I, uh, so what, what do you mean? Uh, the, your results? What? Well, the result... And the for PDG, ratings, the results
1: are
0: stats, kind of.
1: Like, the PDG doesn't really do any deep analytical stats. So it's kind of the same thing, though, is what I'm I Right, thinking. but,
0: like, ratings and ratings history oh, and sure, all that. Oh, sure, like, sure, I get, I get, sure. <laughs> I get that part. And I'm obviously not whitewashed from the actual tournament pages. So you could say go to... Yeah, if you, like, Yeah, o, yeah. O, If you go to 05 yeah. Worlds... You can see the rounds I shot and all that. Okay. It would just be nice to say go to eleven seven nine four and just see the tournaments I've played and the places I finished. Like that's it. Yeah. That's all that's all I'm saying like I don't understand why people can't see that. Now and somebody could sit and explain to me from the other side of the coin and say, Well, here's the reasons why and blah blah blah. I just I don't know. And I think everybody's. I I just think the PDGA has. You know they obviously have a way that their kind of business runs and and the decisions that they've made and that's fine. At least you can go to that tournament and still see it, and it's not like I'm not there. Yeah, I. So I the history is still
2: there. No, this honestly this poses a really big question and I'm being uh, 100% cuz nobody supports the PDG as much as I do. I've been a well, member We all do. We all have since, for years. You know, the the mid 90s I renewed every year. I've always made the claim that even if I broke my my right arm tomorrow I'd still You'd sign so up renew. for the PDGA. I'd renew. So but you're th- that's running not a secret. Like- no, but that's not a secret. I I've just always been um a supporter. The conversation consistently comes up though of and, and Tom Shot, Hall of Famer and and all around, and 2011 World's TD and TD Extraordinaire, just tonight had talked about Hall of Famers possibly uh, having free entries to tournaments and, and all these other mm. scenarios. And it just poses a bigger question of where do we draw the line? You know, Ken Climo. Ken Climo isn't renewing his PDGA membership every year, but somebody else is doing it just so the stats can be No, but he's in the Hall
0: of Fame. I so know, and so,
2: but the, but yet at the same time, the the disc golf hall of fame is not the PDGA hall of fame. Those are two separate entities. So, so you're saying somebody's world,
0: actually renewing Ken? Yes, yeah, somebody oh, else is I renewing that. Kenny.
2: Yeah. That's okay. that's the rumor that's gone around. Gotcha. So the, the question is, should where do we draw a, 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 theoretic, a theoretical theory, theoretical 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 thanks. line? Ah, uh, world champions. Hall of Famers, 100 plus uh, PDGA winners, like there's so many different places where you could draw a magical line as to who should automatically have their stats renewed, who should have a PDGA membership, who should be renewed for life. Those are all questions that constantly come up. And I think they're valid arguments um, for people to have, but... I'll say this. You're an interesting example. I I don't draw a line. I don't draw a special line.
0: I just say you were a member when you played those tournaments. Those tournaments results should theoretically still be available on your page. Mm. And but after you stop paying, your rating becomes invalid. And that to me is is my line. I think that should be for everybody. I I don't want it to be like, well hey, you won one tournament so you get this free pass. Mm-hmm. I'm not asking for that. I'm just saying if if history says somebody wants to look up Nate Doss, what if I was dead? You know, and I couldn't renew, could you yeah. just like just look up and say, "Hey, like what did S- Steve Tufty do?" You know, he's a early 1000, you know, two he's like 2022 or something. Like what did he do? I mean, he hasn't played tournaments in years, maybe, or maybe he has. I don't know, but I'm just saying, why can't you look that up and just see what they did in one place? The ratings and all—we don't, no, you don't need that. I'm just saying, in general, yeah, that's my. No, statement. I
2: think I think that's a that's a valid question, and 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 maybe Johnny and put it the, the PDGA
0: could easily argue the other side, and I'm okay with that. That's totally yeah. Funny.
2: I I don't think like there's a- your ratings and your finishes are part of your. Benefit of being a current member. Correct. Therefore, we're asking you to be a current member. And that's, and that's totally fine. And that's fine. I, too. I don't totally think there's a it. right or wrong answer. I think I could see, I think Nate,
1: I would not be opposed to the PDGA showing you, like when you go to the players page, like if I click on Nate Doss right now, uh, oh yeah, I get nothing. Um, if, I, if
2: I click on Maddie Orem right now, and... I I see somebody, somebody in our chat should probably just go renew Nate's membership. The the player
0: save me $10 tomorrow.
2: That too. The player (laughs) statistics page. I would not be, I
1: would love it. If like Nate said, if they just kept the tournament results there, how much you won, whatever. And you couldn't go into the ratings, details, the rating history or career wins or whatever. Just keep that. I'm also not opposed to saying, Hey, if you win, if you're a world champion or maybe just a major champion, um, you, you know, in the open field, here, here's a lifetime membership for your statistics. And that's
2: where it starts getting dicey. Of course it major, does. Major am? No. Major pro? No, major pro. You, Ma- you win a major in MA 55. Nope. Major pro. What if that's there it. was
0: a stats membership, but, like a minimum membership? Yeah. It was like sh- 10 bucks. Like, I want to be a supporting member. i I, I I'm think 11, about, seven, nine, four. I, want I think that could be cool, member. Too. Here's 10 bucks a year.
1: And that doesn't get you I the magazine. Like, that doesn't get you the $10 discount doesn't on Doesn't get me anything. Just this. Just I Nothing. could see something like that. I would totally be down for something like that. And, and I'm Wouldn't not opposed to the
0: cool? fact like that. Like, you're a
2: supporting member. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Run for the board tomorrow. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, we're here to announce that Nate Doss, PDGA 11794, better than our friend Matt ba- Brock 11792. Isn't isn't uh, Eric McCabe right in there? Anyway, oh, Eric McCabe's uh, on our chat board. So <laughs> Nate Doss, oh, what's up? Is officially made? running for the board in 2023. <laughs> you heard it here, Smashbox TV podcast you never 421. No, I like to make shit up, Nate. I know you do.
0: <laughs> crystal ball, crystal <laughs> ball, Terry.
2: Crystal Holy ball. cow! What else? Uh... Baseball references. Hey, Emac's out there. How you yeah. doing,
0: buddy? <laughs> Literally just By said. the way, we should throw in the after show just a massive congratulations to Emac. He's now the head coach. Yeah. At the Emporia State ESU. Hornets. Yes, you. Heck yeah, you are. And, uh, yeah. And he, uh, I mean, he, he's just a great guy, man. He was out um, final round at the Worlds uh, doing some photography and... Um, uh yeah, sideline to, reporting
2: It was great to see
0: him. Yeah, with he, he bear. checked in with you a couple of rounds. It was great to see Eric and um yeah, just super happy for the guy.
2: Yeah. <laughs> um I hope there's I and this is a little bit self-serving. Uh 11674 is Emac. Um I hope there's some video coverage and I think it's going to be Gatekeeper or at the end of the year through Disc Golf Network. Uh it was and we didn't really talk about it. It was such a crazy honor to be on the field, commentating, and announcing during that football game. Yeah, I, during I, Worlds. Yeah, I'm gonna tell you guys, I was legitimately, legitimately nervous. There's, I don't know, a couple thousand people. Whatever. It wasn't like it 50, was opening
0: 000. night of the Emporia State football uh, season.
2: D two or D three? D two. D two. And Playing Ricky a really Wysocki, tough team out of and, Oklahoma. Yeah, and Ricky Waisaki and Eric, Eric McCabe were out there throwing discs. And I had to introduce them, and then at the last moment, they threw in two of their superstar basketball players. Yeah. And uh like, to throw discs. Tall. Yeah. Oh yeah, they were they were they're biggins. <laughs> taller than you Tony? Wow. It was uh yeah, a little bit taller than me. And honestly, well, not without his
0: hair because he's got so
2: much <laughs> of it. I do have a lot of hair. Uh, honestly, though, I was legitimately nervous for the entire time leading into it and then about the first three seconds of it. And then as soon as I was able to get out the first name, uh, Mayum Boom. That was the name. Mayum Boom. Uh, he was on the football team. And then after I got him, and then I had to, you know, just talk about Ricky and whatever. I just remember them saying, "Hey, this is six. This is like a six-minute segment, and you're going to talk disc golf, and you're going to try and promote disc golf, and we're going to have Ricky Waisaki, and we're going to have Eric McCabe throwing." It was I'm I'm going to put it on my resume as a career highlight. It was uh, it was it pretty was, cool. It was pretty cool. So uh, I had a lot of fun with it, and I don't know if it'll be on. Uh, a gatekeeper piece or a disc golf network piece at the end of the year. But thank you, EMAC. Thank you, uh, Jeremy Rusko. Then we went up in a little president suite and got well, and a few I'll beverages. Well, and I'll say this. After that out.
0: halftime show the Emporia State football team went on to dominate Smashed in them. in the second half. Smashed so. them. 'em. Kinda nice like job. nice job, T Dog Crux. <laughs> wow. So
1: that's how we, we- do it, Johnny. We should probably let Doss go. He, that, he, you're an early waker, though, aren't you, Doss? You're going to be up in, like, four hours yeah. or something. What do you got to do tomorrow?
0: I'm um, brewing we a... We got a flex uh, start to run. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Terry's running a flex start tomorrow. Oh, what are you doing? I, uh, <laughs> my alarm's set for 5. It's currently 10.48 here. Uh, my alarm is set for 5, and uh, I'll be at the brewery at about 5.20, mashing in a beer. We're actually brewing tomorrow, so I'll be mashing in about five 5.30.
1: So I read something that there that there is a a, that there could possibly be a CO two shortage.
0: Is that shortage? Yeah, I read that. I read that same article. Just backtrack to CO (laughs) ones. They're not quite as good, but they'll work. Little less (laughs) stable. Yeah, uh, I did read that same article that there's a potential for a CO two shortage. Um, that might be regional. I okay. personally, from our supplier from CO two, I have not heard anything. Oh, that's good. We actually just got a delivery of CO two like two days ago. So, um, what do you need CO two for?
2: CO two is what's carbonation. People. I mean, it's carbonation. Yeah. yeah um, so
0: we need to be able to carbonate what, the beer. That's what's Terry does the for whippets. We actually, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, that's actually is that is that nitrogen or I don't know. It's don't, all of it. It's all of it. Anyways, um, we, uh, we also push and move finished product with CO2 as well. Um, and there's different schools of thoughts in a brewery, but once the product is, um, fermented and completed, you don't want to put it through a pump because that can actually knock out some of the flavor out of the beer. Um, so we actually just move it with pressure. So you like fill a tank with pressure and then it counterfills to a different tank or into kegs or whatever. So, mm. so I just for everybody at home, 148 of you watching. When we do commentary, we're in the booth here, and then we click a button, and this is actually that's how I see the them. lighting that we have. Yeah, turn the lights. Out. So, hey, I can that do that too.
2: Romantic.
0: <laughs> yeah, nice. Wow. And so, tear bearer in the dark. So when they dos. I'm wondering. Would it be smarter to have you finish the after show in the dark or?
1: (laughs) He's usually in the dark about most
2: things. (laughs) Woo! How long Hmm. has this thing been going? A while, Terry. It's almost 1 a.m. here. 10 minutes. Okay. Holy cow. Well, let's start to wrap it up then. What a wild night it's been. A couple more people signed up for tomorrow's uh, Flex Start. Super excited. I just signed up.
1: Just wait for me.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I will. Somebody
0: probably signed me up. <laughs> yeah, I mean,
2: let's renew this. Nate Doss one one seven. No, please,
0: please, everybody. I mean, there, again, there's only 150 of you out there, but uh, please don't. It's 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 okay. Um, I'm I'm okay with it. I, I just talk for, a little trash and for what it's that's worth,
1: okay. go talking about that real quick. Everybody, if you're interested in Nate Doss stats, you can go to Statmando. You can look up Mando. Nate Doss, yep. and they have all a lot. They don't have quite the ratings details and such, but they have a lot of information about there in one place for Nate Doss. So you can kind of just like So Ooh, look at that, look
0: at that, look at that. You can sort it yeah. by year. Oh and
2: look at this.
0: So go back to that, Johnny. Oh sure. Go sure. back to that. Holy cow, look second. at all those. Because the last tournament I played, which was the Zoo Town Open, you can see there I took second yeah. place. You and would to who? To Garrett Gurthy. You, uh, WG. and uh, we had an incredible battle. I mean, it was, it was, you just, shot a 1055. Awesome. Damn, you did. Um, and I, I, I kind of blew it at the end, but I'll also say that Garrett kind of took it from me and, uh, and, and he earned that, that victory. But being that the last tournament I played was second place, if somebody were to ask me what I'm most proud of in my career, of course, there's worlds and things of that nature. But I'm most proud of the fact that I took double the number of second place finishes than first place finishes in my career. So I always say the career of Nate Doss is a career of what could have been, not what was. Did you know that that was going to be your last event? No,
1: no, I did not. Because I know, obviously, you, you, we had plan. You had plans for we the plan to go to such but.
0: Yeah, well, we actually we played that tournament that was in Montana. We drove back to Bend um, the next day. Mm -hmm. And the day after that, we started demoing our location that we're currently in now. Um, We assumed that we could get demo done and then construction would be started and then we would actually go play the Worlds in 2018, which was going to be in Vermont. That was our plan. We were actually registered for the Worlds. We hadn't got the plane tickets yet, but we were like, we were all ready to go and then it was clear like 2 months in that there was no way we could leave there was just it was there was no way we were so in depth in the construction and building and everything that we couldn't leave and uh and that being said stopping playing there in June and then competing in like early September for Worlds that year where was our game going to be? It just, it just didn't seem like the right time to go play. So we decided not to play. And then I always assumed I would still go play a couple events a year, like the master's cup or Beaver state. But I just, I love my job. I I literally love brewing beer, being at Bevel and I love doing the commentary. So it's, it's, you know, I'm obviously caught between a rock and a hard place, but, or a beer and a birdie kind of thing. But, yeah. um,
2: <laughs> it's okay. Which, I right. didn't know to answer your question. Okay. Uh, yeah, I mean, think. You could have been the – you guys You guys could have been the Barsby-Bjergis spoilers.
0: Yeah, 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 maybe. Anything's possible. You know, obviously, I had taken an injury in 2018. You know, I had hurt my shoulder. I pulled out of the memorial. That was the only tournament that I ever uh, did not complete in my career. And actually, right after I finished that round, I walked right over to Terry, and Terry said, "Let's go." And yeah. I, yep. And we commentated that the rest of that tournament. Johnny was switching the show, and yeah, um, that was that, that was that old was school whole...
1: style. You were standing behind players commentating about them.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. That was 2018 still. Yeah, yeah that was 2018. And uh that was the Terry Claw, Tear Bear, T Square, the whole mm-hmm. I came up with every name under the sun during that show. And uh yeah. So, you know, look, I think as a as an athlete, you always have to be proud of what you've done. But when you're in it, you don't really see that. And now that it's been several years, I can look back on what I did personally and say i'm proud of what i was able to accomplish and that's why i can sit in the commentary booth and just be so proud of the other players i don't think of ricky as a threat anymore or as paul as as, as a threat i look at them as athletes that's, that's my in, yeah. you know so eh. no, what are the sappy stuff, Terry. Uh, I love All right, until guys. they open a well, brewery
1: gonna... in Bend, until, until 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 you've got the Macbeth Brewery next door in Bend.
2: <laughs> yeah, that son of a. It's going to be uh, since Ricky Nor Macbeth drink will be fun to see them open a uh, open competing breweries in Texas. <laughs> That's I'll say
0: about well, um, when we were starting to kind of talk. He to go. <laughs> He, should, he says, "You should name your brewery responsibly, because every commercial on television at the end says responsibly." And he says, "In that case, they would be supporting you." So, mine, a great champion. Oh. Oh. Pre marketing, drink responsibly.
2: Uh, uh, Drink uh, wisconsin I think, is a a friend of ours uh, that I actually know and uh, working on some stuff. But that's another story for another tournament. Anyway, wow, what a night it's been. Thank you guys so much. 421,
0: Uh, 421. Congratulations, both of you, Johnny V. Thank you. That's amazing. Four
2: hundred twenty-one. This is just ridiculous. Four hundred twenty-two. Uh, Ryan Pilcher says, "Is the feed <laughs> getting choppy for anyone else?" It, everything's getting choppy. It, it did. I think the feed. Uh, we're going to call the, it. I
1: think Terry spilled his beer on his laptop or something. I don't know.
2: What the hell did you do, Johnny?
1: <laughs> it just I'm broke up. You. It broke up I for saw... a few seconds. It could be on my side. It could be. I don't know. We'll see.
2: You it's fine though. I
0: did. A... I saw some. I saw some drop uh, packets. Some packets.
2: Pitch, packets you know? were dropped. Yes. Folks, it's I'm going like to go drop microphone. some packets, if you know what I mean. That's not a useful <laughs> not for anything, but I'm going to drop pockets. All right. Nate Doss, it's been a pleasure. We love you, buddy. Love you, too. Uh, Johnny V, you're all right. I'm here. Uh, it, this has been Podcast 421's After Show. Thank you guys for joining us. Uh, one hell of a run it's been.
0: 421 shows. It's Amazing. Yeah.
1: Only yeah. 420 more to go before my deal with the
0: devil is. Ricky's done nine of them from his bed.
2: I think <laughs> it's it's more than nine. Nine? More than nine? No, Probably. it's not more than that, nine. That's Waisaki. I don't know. Jumping into bed with Waisaki, and we're closing it out. For Nate, Johnny V, I'm Terry Miller, the Disc Golf Guy. That's been Podcast 421's After Show. We'll see you for the live broadcast this weekend, and shit, will get wild next week. Well, Who knows where it's going to go? And tomorrow,
0: just for the flex of it, Terry.
2: Just for the flex of it. <laughs> whoop, whoop. We'll see you tomorrow. You step inside the Smashbox. Later, all.
0: Hold up.